good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whenever you're listening to us, and I'm listening to us. Thank you for making the sports and the world podcast part of your day. I'm Ladarius, and on this week's episode, I love this episode because I absolutely love our guest. And so, anytime I love a guest, the show's gonna go. It's gonna go great. It's gonna be hard for me to, to mess up. So, so once again, we're having on the news editor at Fox Sports One. And check out her amazing TikTok. We're going to get into that conversation as well, <laughs> trust me, as the conversation progresses. It's my friend is Tanya Ray Fox. And how are you, my friend? I'm great. Uh, I'm excited to be chatting with you about some sports and wrestling today. You know, it's my favorite to mix in the two. It's basically the best way to spend my uh, Wednesday evening chatting with someone. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, likewise. It's 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 kind of like the best of, the best of both worlds the way I look at it. Now, um, before we lean in, because we're gonna definitely lean into WrestleMania right around right around the corner. A lot of great stuff going on there, but I I want to lean in and talk about two uh, important uh, NFL storylines. We'll start with uh, Aaron Rodgers, the Aaron Rodgers saga, or soap opera depending on perspective. Um, I'm curious. On one thing, reports that he's going to more than likely, it's not a matter of if, but when he becomes a New York Jet. But I'm I'm very curious on your thoughts on the whole situation in terms of Aaron Rodgers, in terms of how you perceive the, the Jets and how it kind of impacts. Do, do we look at the Jets as Super Bowl contenders now? Just your overall, overall feeling around Aaron Rodgers and the move to the, to the New York Jets. Uh, I mean, I think so if he lands with the Jets, obviously they get a lot better. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're Super Bowl contenders just because I'm not sure. I think it's more of a lateral move from the Packers to the Jets in terms of like the team that Aaron Rodgers is on. Um, they they have a great defense. I love I like the Jets and I think that they have good pieces. I worry about Aaron Rodgers. Um like real need to always have familiar receivers around him. I do think it hampers him. So, you know, it's it's interesting because the Packers are clearly going to wait until they get the package back that they want from him. The Packers, you know, there's this big debate whether or not Aaron Rodgers has the leverage or the Packers have the leverage. And as far as I can tell, the Packers are sort of in a place where they're like, listen, every single year we have to prepare for life without Aaron Rodgers. We're taking a $60 million cap hit no matter what's going on here unless we get him traded. So, like, there, there's a whole thing where I feel like the Packers are okay with just taking the hit on Rodgers. If they're going to start over with Jordan Love and rebuilds, they understand what that is. And I think that they feel like they owe it to their fans who are, like, a really loyal fan base to get what they deserve back for – their franchise quarterback who's kind of strung them along and dicked around a lot over the last few years. Um, so I think it, inevitably the Jets are going to give them what they want and, and Rogers will end up a jet and, you know, we'll go from there. I mean, it's so interesting because the AFC East is pretty uh, stacked in terms of teams with good talent and an opportunity at the playoffs. All of them could be playoff teams. Um, honestly, the team with the least upside right now is the Patriots. Like, you know, depending on what happens with the Dolphins and Tua Tagovailoa, obviously that can be a little bit confusing to see. Like, like what are they really going to do with him? Is he going to be healthy? You know, without a quarterback, you're kind of screwed. But realistically, the rosters themselves are are like pretty stacked. So, in order for 
Rodgers to make a huge dent in the AFC East and in the AFC general, where he has a like a ton of competition even outside of the AFC East, he's going to have to like get back to form. And he is nearly 40 years old. So I, you know, I would not project them as Super Bowl contenders by any means, but better than last year and living up to the potential that people thought they should have lived up to over the last couple of seasons with Robert Sala. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and you know, you said something there that was very interesting, which which I agree with. I, I don't see this move as being necessarily an upgrade because when I look at the Packers and I kind of look at the Jets, I, I kind of, I don't want to say they're the same team, but I, I kind of feel that, to your point, the AFC, more specifically the quarterbacks in the AFC, when we're talking about Mahomes, we're talking about Justin Herbert, you know, we're, 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 you know, we're, we're scratching the surface from there. It, it just kind of feels like to me where I think he may, at the end of the day, he may not end up being the best quarterback in his own division if if it plays out. And to your point with the Patriots, and I do want to talk about because you're you're a Patriots for you know, you know, so I, I feel required to ask Patriot questions as well. How does how does the move bring back Bill O'Brien to the staff offensive coordinator? How does that help Mac Jones and and do the Patriots even consider even looking at a quarterback in this year's class, or are they fine with Mac Jones? Yeah, I would be shocked if they like get a if they're looking at a quarterback in the first or second round um, with Mac in the situation he's in. Uh, there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks, and I think that the high level ones are going to be off the board. So I don't think he'll be looking at a quarterback per se. Um, however, you know, you never know. You never know what what could happen, and you know, Mac Jones is in that weird little space where he's good enough to have potential and still potentially be a franchise quarterback, but not good enough to, for people to think the Patriots are real contenders. So is he a potential trade piece? That's always a question. Bill O'Brien is definitely going to help the entire offense. He's a real offensive coordinator. He's been an offensive mind for a long time. He's coached with Bill Belichick. He's coached with Nick Saban. I mean, this is a guy that's like a pretty good fit overall. Uh, the problem is they don't, the last time they had Bill O'Brien, they had a ton of really special offensive weapons, not a ton, but I mean enough, right? Like they had, they drafted, you know, Gronk and Aaron Hernandez and they had like the back end of, you know, Wes Welker and they, you know, Edelman was coming up and there was like, it was just a different look to that offense. And the offensive line was in a little bit of a better spot. So they have not impressed me with their moves in the off season so far. I have no idea what their plan is. Damian Harris is gone. You know, they swapped out Jacoby Myers for Juju Smith-Schuster, who by, you know, by all accounts is probably an upgrade in terms of what they need for like size and the type of the receiver that they need to institute a maybe more aggressive offense, but not a number one. You know, they need a number one guy, especially with someone like Mac Jones. If there's anybody that's in the market for DeAndre Hopkins, it should be the Patriots. And if they're not, I truly don't know why. I mean, reports are that they're interested, obviously, but they're always interested. So we'll see. You know, they there is Devin McCourty retiring as a big hit for the defense, at least just leadership wise. And there's and, you know, Dante Hightower officially retired. We knew we, we weren't counting on him, but it's like 
they need a little bit of a reset on that side of the ball as well. I think they'll be fine. But overall, I, you know, I, I don't know what their plan is beyond having a better scheme because right now this team doesn't look that much different. You're swapping pieces out, you know, um, you've got one less tight end. So it's like, I'm not, I, I can't get the full picture. I just know that at the very least, the play calling will be better. And that's going to remove that excuse from the Mac Jones defenders, um, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with people defending Mac Jones. It's just that like, it's going to remove the excuse for the people who feel like that was the, his major problem last year. It's going to be an answer once and for all, whether Mac Jones is a capable quarterback who can do well with good play calling or whether he's just underwhelming. And that's at least one silver lining to however this season plays out. Yeah. And to your, to your, to your point, once again, because I, I follow you on Twitter and, and I see you get into it, you know, you're, you're doing the Lord's work in my opinion. Um, because the, the way I look at it is I'm not anti-Mac. But I'm not exactly pro Mac either, because I, I love the quarterback position. And when I look at Mac, he's shown spurts of how of how good he can be. And then we get other moments. And, and last season, given all that transpired, the Patriots could have been a playoff team last year. Given all whatever you want to call it, chaos or or whatever. But it was almost a playoff team, and now you get an upgrade. You bring back Bill O'Brien, who who wasn't really that bad of a head coach for the Texans either. Good offensive mind. I'm I, I'm in your camp where I, it kind of removes the excuse. I don't want to use I don't want to use the phrase make or break for Mac, but it kind of to me feels that way. You have you have a guy in Bill O'Brien who understands play call. He understands quarterbacks. To me, it just feels that it's just kind of getting pieces around him. And to your point, if you can get a DeAndre Hopkins, if you can get a number one guy, I I think it kind of it helps Mac and it kind of gives a, a Patriots offense that I feel I if you ask me what kind of offense they are, I don't really have an identity right now. But I guess with the offseason, we'll see what any other moves they're gonna make if if any, but I definitely think they should be in the DeAndre Hopkins market as well. Now, sticking with quarterbacks, I do want to talk about Lamar Jackson, who, to, to save time, I can go on a whole soliloquy about that. But to save the listeners' time, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts because once again, I, I do I, I do follow you on social media, and you posted something to me that absolutely. It made me look at things differently, but it also kind of validated kind of how I how I felt when you compared Lamar to Andrew Luck just in the first 70 games. But we'll get we'll we'll dive into that. But I'm very curious to get your thoughts on Lamar Jack's situation. And if if A, will he get his contract and B, will it be in Baltimore? Yeah, I don't, you know, it's really hard to tell Baltimore is being very tight lipped about where they're at with it. I think that their intention is to figure it out with Lamar. I still feel like all this bad blood and all of the like frustration that Lamar is feeling is valid. And I think that the Ravens frustration is valid. It is incredibly hard to deal with um, contracts where you're talking about a couple hundred million dollars. You're talking about 
um, excessive guaranteed money, all that stuff. It's incredibly hard to do that without dealing with an agent who is there to not only advocate for the athlete, but also to leverage the team with the understanding that like, Hey, I've got other players I represent, like you need to maintain this relationship. Um, there, you know, Lamar has every right to look at the Deshaun Watson contract and say that this, you know, you can't hand out a contract like that to a player like that who's barely played for two years and then, you know, and then have a guy who's a, a former MVP and has had an excellent first, you know, start to his career and say, you don't get your money now. And that's that's where the collusion of the league potentially comes in on top of him not having an agent. So I tend to think that because of the complexity of that with the rest of the teams, the fact that owners want to make sure players aren't there, you know, demanding that much guaranteed money. And the fact that they don't want to deal with a, uh, you know, sort of fly by the seat of their pants situation without an agent that he will end up having to land back with the Ravens. The only way he does it is if there's a team out there with not only the need for Lamar Jackson, but the assets to give up for him um, that would allow them to still maintain a, you know, a playoff presence. Right. So that's a, that's a very limited number of teams or they're looking to completely start over like a team like the Falcons. So, you know, I like the idea of Lamar to the Falcons. Um, I'd hate the idea of Lamar to the Colts, like keep him away from that organization entirely. Um, you know, there's always the rumors that Bill Belichick is interested in Lamar Jackson because he was so interested in him coming out of the draft, despite the fact that he was right there in the draft and he mm -hmm. didn't take him because he still had Tom Brady and he didn't think Tom Brady was leaving anytime soon. Um, but, you know, that would obviously involve like an entire like change of guard. And I would assume that in that situation, there'd be uh, a quarterback swap and that they'd be sending Mac Jones to the Ravens and a lot of other assets in order to get a quarterback um, to try to, you know, close out Belichick's uh, career with, I, you know, the only reason it's even a pipe dream possibility is that Bill Belichick isn't coaching because he's, um, young and sprite and looking to stay in it forever like the dude wants the wins record he wants the all-time wins record and right now you know if it's not going to work with mac and he wants to sign up for a quarterback who might be able to get him there in the next you know couple of seasons because i think you know i think he's only got two seasons of combined wins in order to get there um then you know that's the pipe dream scenario but at the at the end of the day all the complexities all the little collusion things everything to me winds up with lamar landing in baltimore staying there and getting a contract that is good but not what he wanted yeah i i penultimately i kind of in the same boat because i'm a falcons fan and and, and i did and i i got asked the question like what are your thoughts and and, and I'm not anti-Lamar Jackson. I think when you watch Lamar Jackson, you obviously see you see the talent, you see it there. And I think he even had – I, I still hear this comparison, well, he's a he's a running back at quarterback. And I tell people, folks, he won MVP. It, I guess what, what gets to me 
with all of this is that I still have to ex- explain to people. I've said it on my own, and I've said it on this podcast. This man was an MVP. This man led the he led the league in touchdown passes, and we're still creating this narrative that he can't be a he he and he didn't really have to do all of that. And and the reality is, like from the Falcons' perspective. I'm not. I'm not fully against it. I. I. To me, I. I do. I. I kind of want to see what Desmond Ritter can do. But if we do get Lamar, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be like, oh, pff, we don't want him. I. I. Cause, Cause. I. I like him, and I think I. I don't want him at the Colts. I. I. I I'm not going to get into that either. But. But to to, to close up the point on Lamar, I just kind of feel where, I think fans do this specifically with quarterbacks. They like to put quarterbacks and and kind of put them in a bubble, an unjust bubble. Sometimes, I feel like with Lamar, Lamar has shown. Hey, Lamar has not has he missed games? Sure, but he's not what I, I would like to say injury prone. He's not oh. Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jimmy Garoppolo's already got a new job. You know, so like I yeah I understand people have concerns that he's mobile, he runs, he's exposing himself more to injury, but he's not Cam Newton. He's a yeah. like you know Cam was really. First of all, Cam Newton was huge and he was a bowling ball and whatever. Mm-hmm. But Cam, another underrated passer for what he was able to do while being the greatest runner in the history of the sport at that position. Um, but Lamar's an even better passer. He's like a mm-hmm. legitimately good passer. People ignore the fact that he's had absolutely no receiving help. If you look at that roster and who they had as receivers last year, you'll vomit on your shirt. It is. It was disgusting. For every time we've heard that the Patriots or some other team has a weak receiving core, it was dog doo-doo. So, you know, like it's and any other quarterback in that situation with that receiving core would have been given a free pass to be absolutely awful. And Lamar still isn't awful. He still can create his own offense. Mm -hmm. He still is a much better teammate than someone like Kyler Murray. He is still not nearly as dangerous or stupid as Deshaun Watson. He still is an MVP, which is like all but a handful of players in the league can say right now. So all things being said, if your Falcons end up with Lamar Jackson, I promise you that is a great sign for Atlanta. Like he would be a great, he would be a great representative for a city like Atlanta. Like they are dying for a superstar. They deserve a superstar. Atlanta fans, sad, sad MFers, but I do agree that they deserve a superstar and someone they can root for and someone that's like dynamic and cool and fun that can bring up, you know, that that's, that's a, the Falcons used to be that they were that with Mike Vick, like they were a cool ass team and he could be that on that team. If that's where he were to end up. I just, I do think at the end of the day, they probably are going to sit pat and the owners are all going to say, let the Ravens handle it and they'll figure it out. And that's what will happen. So. Yeah, that that's that's the unfortunate reality. I I I I've seen it. I I've written about it. I it, it, I I kind of I'm I'm in that camp where it just feels, yeah. it just feels like would it be great to have him in Atlanta? Sure, but yeah, the, the fact of the matter is, yeah, yeah uh, the writing is on the wall there. And, and speaking of writing on the writing on the wall, you know, WrestleMania mm-hmm. right around the corner. And and I'm not gonna say this is the real reason I had you on. I I'm not gonna. People can no, speculate. No, I, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. People can speculate, which is fine. <laughs> we have we all live in a world of conspiracy theories. But 
I because we do because in fact we we do talk wrestling through Twitter. We 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 talk wrestling. Oh yeah. And and I do want to talk about. We'll start with with the big one. Let's with with, with the bloodline and 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 I've said this on Twitter and and I and I tell people this. Other people have said the same thing. What we're seeing with the with this whole storyline. And as someone who loves storytelling in wrestling, it's an absolute masterclass. And, and mind you, this kind of started all the way back to when in the Thunderdome, if, you know, back when the COVID, the pandemic era, it kind of started there. Little seeds were planted there. And, and here we are progressing. I, I'm just curious here before we before we delve into some of the WrestleMania things. Just your thoughts on on the bloodline storyline, and and to, and to be clear, to me, like the MVP of this storyline, I think who's gonna one of the MVPs is, is Jay Uso. I think he he's an absolute like it, it, it's what it, it's super hard to explain just how good it is. No, and, it's I, I listen. I have to jump in because I said to Chris while we were watching Monday Night Raw, I was like. What Jay Uso is doing is insane. Yeah. Like, so I became hardcore rest. I was always peripherally paying attention to people. I love you know the story, right? But I came mm-hmm. really hardcore right before the pandemic. So mm-hmm. the last three plus years has been my like I am buckled down on WWE. So I have watched Jay, and then I've got, gone back and watched clips. I've seen all the old Uso stuff. I've seen all of it, all the old Roman stuff. I've made sure I know what I'm talking about and. I've watched Jay become an absolute monster, like um, a monster. He is to me like easily a top five performer and uh, like overall just like face of WWE right now. I think he's so important. I like love what Sami Zayn is doing, of course, but Sami's had his like individual moments and title runs and things like that here and there over the years. And he's had his like, stuff with Kevin Owens and all that stuff. Like it feels like Sami Zayn is just such a warrior through it all to see him get his big spotlight has been amazing. Do not get me wrong, but for Jay to come up on in the shadow of Roman Reigns and become what he's become during the bloodline story is I think has been like one of the coolest things to watch over the last three years and specifically over the last year. Uh, If they, when I tell you Ladarius, if they blow it, with Jay at WrestleMania, if they do not do this man justice in that goddamn storyline, I am going to lose my marbles. I, it's all I want in the world. Like as much as I want Sammy to get his, his flowers, which I do, as much as I want Jimmy and Solo to keep doing what they're doing because they're killing it, as much as I love Roman and I think he's been a absolute like legend and he's there's a reason that he's like gonna be a goat of like i get it it's jay uso that i that will matter the most to me by the end of that sunday night yeah and you know to me that's to me that that's to me when i look at this whole thing and to the work of jay uso i i kind of feel that i i just hope because I felt that WWE dropped the ball in one other situation, and we'll get into that when we, we delve deeper. But with this, this is one that you really can't screw the pooch on. You really can't drop the ball here because, to your point, Sammy's had moments, you know, I'm not, you know, solo, but it's just with Jay Uso. 
And he's proven, A, he's capable of being a main event guy. He's, I, I don't think I have to sell you, the listeners, nope. or, anybody, or anybody on that. So it, it, it's going to be a, a waste of time doing it. But the, the fact of the matter is, if we don't get Jay versus Roman at some point, the next major pay-per-view after WrestleMania, I believe, is SummerSlam. If we don't get something there, because to me, that's the only, if we're talking, if Roman Reigns is not going to fade away into the sunset after WrestleMania, which is not going to happen. If you want to keep this going, you have to have him face, Yeah, you have to have him face, Jay Uso and Roman Reigns is the only match I'm invest, invested in, which I feel that I can kind of pencil in for SummerSlam because of the fact that of, of his role when he he went AWOL and... It's, and he comes back and he just cuts this amazing promo when he came back. And I listened to what he was saying, especially when he was on Raw. And then he he kicked Sammy. I'm I hope I think Sammy's recovered from that kick. <laughs> and 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 he goes in and he defends, I believe, on that Friday on SmackDown. And I listened to what he opposed to what he didn't say, as opposed to what he said, which is important. He he did what he did for his brother. He didn't do it for Roman. Right. He did it. He did it for his brother. And people, mm -hmm. and I think people had to. I tell people if you haven't listened to any of the Jay Uso promos in this kind of thing, especially the last like two three weeks, yeah. I, I I recommend you do because to me it's wording. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, so, and, yeah. and I I think we have to focus on not what he said but what he didn't say because. Because to me that lets me that led me to believe that okay Jay's gonna do something, and yeah. and I and I feel that WrestleMania if you don't do it at WrestleMania, I don't know when else you can do it, and and I understand they have a tag team match against uh, Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens okay that's great yeah you saw yeah, but it's like whatever at that at that point it's like I, you know the the thing is what what Jay's first of all I love that they let Jay be loyal to Jimmy, however the writers were helping them come up with that. And like, you know, I am a very much a like, I, I break the idea of kayfabe all the time looking at these guys. So I'm, cause I'm so obsessed with performance. Mm -hmm. And like, the fact of the matter is that there's a lot of times, especially in the checkered awful history of some of the WWE stuff in the past, where they just use these um, really iconic pairings as a as a like a mechanism for easy storylines, you split them up and whatever else, right? And it was never believable that Jay would turn on turn on Jimmy. Yeah. We know what's been brewing between Jay and Roman. It's been brewing for years. It's been brewing for years. Like I mean, before the Thunderdome. Like this yeah. stuff has been going and going. We have been teased longer during this than maybe anything ever in the history of wrestling so we know that but like the idea that he would turn on jimmy or even leave jimmy to deal with something on his own without him was like it, we would have dealt with it because we have to as fans but it was very satisfying to see that he came back for jimmy and to, like you make a great point that it wasn't that they they made it in this very subtle way clear that it was for jimmy and his, and that's it. it. It like this isn't even really about the bloodline. And he's waiting for Jimmy to figure out that the bloodline is kind of over. Like he mm -hmm. he, he knows. Yeah. And Roman knows. <laughs> you know, Paul and 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 Jimmy and 
Solo, they don't know yet, but in their hearts, we know that Roman knows, and we know that Jay knows. You know, when Roman said, I love you, and Jay didn't say it back and walked out, the look on his face, like, tells you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. So that's really, really, like, subtle, cool shit that they're doing, and, and they've been doing this you know, throughout the storylines, throughout with the Sammy stuff, like building the relationship between Jay and Sammy. And before that, having it be between Jimmy and Sammy and all this little stuff they're doing, they just keep really nailing it and elevating it over and over. Um, And I'll, I'll help you because I'm also a podcast host. I want to transition it a little bit just to go to like, while we're on this subject to the, them trying, you know, having to shoehorn in the Cody stuff Mm -hmm. while we're talking about the amazing bloodline and um, it's really unfortunate because Cody does deserve his like moment in the sun. And I'm looking forward to having Cody at WrestleMania. But I, I don't know how you feel. I have not been able to get myself to buy in um, on Cody to the point where I'm, uh, and you can tell me I'm crazy. You know, I'm not mad if people tell me I'm crazy, but I like don't even know how, how we just, it's possible that we just get a straightforward Cody versus Roman match. That seems impossible to me at this point. It, it does. First of all, you can you can shoehorn the show all you want to. You have my you have my blessing. <laughs> yeah, Donna, the, you know me. Yeah, it's like listen, who has the keys? Yeah, she has them. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm taking a nap. It's fine. Just, <laughs> but so, but but to answer your question, because you and I have talked about this, and to me, and and I've gone back, you know, I've gone back and forth. You know, I'm supposed to be, you know, working, writing, but but yeah, I think about this. Like in the downtime I have, and to me, I believe there is a legitimate camp that does believe Roman should retain. Yeah. And 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 I also get the camp that says, well, Cody has to win. But to me, when I when I hear people with the Cody camp, I think Cody, if Cody does win, it's because of the fact that of what of what it was supposed to be before he got hurt. Right, right. I, and and I think what happens is, and, and, and you know this better than anybody, injuries, regardless of the sport, can hold back. Yeah. Something something that you want to do. And in and, and wrestling, it's even worse mm-hmm. because Cody could have been champion last year. and But the injury, he, he had the momentum. He had that great best of three series with our guy Seth Rollins. It was mm-hmm. just, it was all good. It's like, well, at that point, I would have said I have no problem in the world, Cody being the champion. But the more I see this, this the bloodline storyline go, and they kind of shoehorn him into your point when Sammy, when the Usos were attacking Sammy, and then here comes Cody running in a in a thousand dollar suit. Which yeah. coming down there, I'm like, I never understood. That's a whole different rant. Like I know. just like it, you know, you can you can get a Sears Robux suit and just do the same thing. But anyway, like don't don't waste good money on no. If don't waste good money, get a Sears, get, get, get go get a go to Goodwill. Yeah, get, get a, the Seth Rollins costumes outfit. Like right, Seth Rollins yeah. is always in a costume. Yeah, yeah, that's what you got he, he has his own he has his own, I guarantee you, he has his own costume. He has his own Closet, thing. Yeah. Everybody else has to pick from everything else. You know, yeah. Where's that stuff? It's like a whole wall of stuff. And just get something from Eric. Seth's not gonna. He's not gonna mind. He's got nine other suits in the car. But, <laughs> but you're trying to. And they try. They're trying so bad because they're hearing what you're saying. 
is, is that you know they're shoehorning him in because now we can say, oh, Cody's part of the storyline now. So now yeah. we can make. But we're too smart for that. It's like guys, yeah. you know. And the thing is, had Cody stayed, like you said, had Cody been around, not been injured, maybe they've been building a storyline up to WrestleMania, and that's great. But we don't actually like. If that's the case, what do we what do we get out of the bloodline storyline? Because this has been the best storyline in the history of WWE. Like everybody said it. Haters have said it. Yeah. The, like OG Roman stands have said it. It doesn't matter. Like everybody is saying, like this this shit is the greatest shit we've ever seen. So mm-hmm. like it worked out for you guys. It worked out that that you had to continue that storyline and push the Sami Zayn thing. That ended up being the biggest blessing in disguise. Not that Cody was hurt, but that you yeah. were able to keep building a storyline where you may have actually started to like let it fizzle out a bit from before. Now, you're 100% right. They had a plan for Cody at WrestleMania before he got hurt, and now they don't know they don't know how to like let that go and they do, they they couldn't announce, right? They couldn't be like, okay, it's going to be Sammy versus Roman. It's going to be Jay versus Roman. That's still simmering. That's still brewing. Right. But, but I, for so long, I have been waiting for Roman to lose for so long that now I don't, for him to lose to Cody is a bigger punch in the face than anything. Like that, yeah. I, I was ready for Roman. I was ready for him to like, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but if he'd lost that clash at the castle, I would have been fine. If he'd lost last year at SummerSlam, I would have been all these different things. There were times where I was like, yeah, it probably won't happen, but it'll be fine if it does. Now I'm actually going to be mad if he loses it to Cody Rhodes. Cause that to me makes no sense at all, unless you are really willing to like do something special from between then and SummerSlam to get me to buy in. Now these writers are smarter than I am a lot of the time and that's fine. But I, I don't see how, after all of this, a clean Cody, just Cody just flat out beats Roman, happens without, like, and then at WrestleMania just ends. You know, like, I, I just do not see that happening. I feel like because the end to the Royal Rumble was so good mm-hmm. and we got such, like, you know, there was so much going on. There's like a lot to live up to, even if Cody is to beat Roman. Like it can't. There's so much that should can and should happen. Yeah. That I I just don't buy it. I don't buy that Cody Rhodes, after being back for like seven weeks, is the guy that's going to come in and dethrone the longest champion, the greatest champion in this business it, it, it i love cody and maybe maybe i am too fucking close to the bloodline because of when i started watching but like cody has a lot to do before he gets to like unseat i mean every dude in the bloodline has earned that more over cody mm-hmm. i don't get it i don't can you tell me what i'm missing with the loyalty to a guy who's going to be wrestling in his first WrestleMania? I, I, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like I have to be Matlock or Perry Mason here. Um, but <laughs> and I don't have the uh, the suit for it. Um, <laughs> it's somewhere around here. But what what I will say is this: to me, and we've seen this in wrestling. I feel that they put the cart before the horse here mm. because now they're they're in a position if you're if you're triple h you're the writing staff you couldn't have imagined how big this storyline with the bloodline was going to be 
how cinematic it was going to be, how it's captivated haters, lovers, all it captive it captivates the audience. But you penciled in Cody. So now how do you go a full year? How do we go and go, well, Cody, here's the thing. We're gonna have Roman Richard. How how my my thing is is that how would that conversation go? Because mm. to me, I felt like they they gave him a big return at WrestleMania, as you know, a Seth Rollins mystery opponent. They mm-hmm. gave him they gave him the the fireworks, the whole shebang. They gave him back. They gave him the American Nightmare theme. They they gave him the works. So if you're if you're Triple H, if you're Hunter, how do you go to Cody and say, "Well, look, you know." We're going to have Roman retain. I think it's easy. I think you do it. You look at him right in the face and you say, we're going to have Roman retain. If he's Roman fucking reigns. And I don't care whose fucking kid you are. You had your moment last year. You're a badass dude on the mic. He's been, he has been, his promos have been amazing since he came back. Mm -hmm. Like the dude has his legacy built in. He's got everything in front of him. I think he, I think he has so much more to do even without a title, but I, I I, don't think in a million years Triple H has a problem saying that right to Cody's face because it's true. He's said it to everyone's face for the last three and a half years. He's mm-hmm. told Drew. He's told Seth. He's told John Cena. He's told everybody. He's probably told the fucking Rock, which is why the Rock hasn't showed up. Yeah. I mean, truly, everybody's been like, screw you, Roman's retaining for years now. So what, what makes Cody so special? I don't think... Like, again, Cody's awesome. I love Cody. Give me more reasons to root for him to eventually win a title. Because this this is not it. I, like, I've barely seen the man wrestle since he came back. What are we doing? Like, absolutely not. Oh, my God, I'm getting more mad while we talk about it, Ladarius. I can't do it. I think I, think I did my job, folks. We'll see you yeah, next you time. Did. No. <laughs> we'll be right back, folks, with the music of. We'll be right back. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, um. And I get it. To me, I, I'm I'm in the middle on this because, to your point, I just feel that this is why, you know, especially when you're doing WrestleMania, other pay-per-views, you can kind of change it like SummerSlam, Royal Rumble. Like, you can, Survivor Series, you can kind of change those, and it's not going to necessarily hit It's going to hit hard. Right. But that's hard at WrestleMania. And, and I think that Triple H right now has a huge decision to make. And to me, he, he, it's, it's going to be a situation where there's no right or wrong answers. To me, me personally, and this is just me, if I had mm. to lean a certain way, I would kind of somewhat see Roman retain only for the fact that if you – if you're going to not, here's the thing. If you want to take a belt off of Roman, that's fine. I, I can, if there's, there's some great compromise. If you, because to me, if Seth, excuse me, if Cody is on raw, then it, somehow or another, you, I, you can give him a belt. But to me, to give both belts to Cody, that to me, I, I get a little charged, a, a little, because 
it's first of all, it's not Cody's fault he's got hurt. Like that's I, I'm not blaming. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not saying he slammed his door and, and messed up his. No, I'm not. I just feel that with this storyline and how it's going to continue, and at some point, nobody knew what was going. No, like I said, no one knew how great this storyline was going to be. Even trip, mm. even they didn't know how good this is going to be. This is arguably the best storyline this company's had. Easy, the last. Decade and a half, two decades. Easy. Because it's captivating. It has people intrigued. It has, and, and to me with Roman Reigns, I pers- I was talking to my cousin about this. I said, I root for, I low-key root for Roman Reigns because I remember the moments where he was absolute cheeks doing promos. Okay. Mm-hmm. He couldn't cut a promo like how some people couldn't hit a fastball. Yeah. He, he, he couldn't cut a promo to save his life. Yeah, they were rough. And and I remember when the infamous one where John Cena came in and had to school him, and I'm like, uh And I said, yeah. I said we have to bring in Mr. Cena. We'll get to him in a minute. We have to bring no, in that. Roman's earned it. He's had to earn it. Like he really has to had to come a long way to be this guy. Yeah. And, and it's like when you see that, and you're like, and you see now, you can't touch him on the mic. Like even with his most recent promo he did with Cody, it was mm-hmm. like, like yikes. It's like he's got some points. It's like. <laughs> it's, the man it's, makes a point. The man makes a point. Like your honor, look. Yeah. We can just close this case, uh, grab yeah. some lunch. Well, I think we're done here, because I, to me, I, I believe that what direction they go to at WrestleMania is going to be interesting, and more importantly, I'm interested in the finish of that match. Yeah. I know. I know. Cody and Rome. They're. That's they're, why they're, it's like. Are we gonna really like? It's so hard to imagine that. Like I almost, I almost feel like, do we have a reverse where the bloodline comes in and stops Cody from winning, not to help Roman, but to help themselves because mm-hmm. they don't want nobody taking it off of Roman, but them. Is it, is it Jay saying it's not going to be you? It's me. I mean, these are all things that could absolutely happen. And I, you know, I don't know that anybody is equipped to be, to be holding the unified title outside of Roman. Like if, if they're gonna, if he's going to lose it, maybe you split it back up. Like yeah. maybe, you know, maybe Cody wins it, but keeps the raw title and whatever, you know, however it works or whoever wins it. Like it just, there's not many people who can carry that. And like, they've got to get belts back on SmackDown and like SmackDown is just struggling right now. So, you know, yeah. I think like, I, I just, it, Roman's really the only guy that can do that. So if that, if it does happen, I feel like they're splitting them up anyway. Or like you said, maybe they, maybe he, said he flips that he says listen you're you're fighting for one title tonight you don't get both i don't know how maybe he does fight both nights at SummerSlam. i mean at wrestlemania people have been talking about that forever the thing that really like i think the thing that's going to decide it is is if you know if the creative team thinks that they have another three to four months between wrestlemania and SummerSlam that they can do bloodline then Mm -hmm. i think roman retains um and i do think that it's a great opportunity to have you know to have Jay draw his line in the sand. You have your titles for now. I took care of Cody, but this is the end of me and you. This is the end of, of me and Jimmy and you, mm-hmm. whatever it is, especially if they lose their belts to Kevin and Sammy. We don't know how that's going to go. Um, you know, Jay on a rampage, like, I mean, we're building to it. It's either going to be Roman turning on Jay first or Jay turning on Roman first, or maybe the both at the same goddamn time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you I, that is what makes the most sense to me 
is that that's how Cody loses, not in a clean match, not that he doesn't win or lose in a clean match that like Roman, the only way Roman retains is because again, once again, the bloodline interferes, but this time, but this time it's different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> I don't know why that struck me, but it did. Um, uh, to me, uh, the, you know, that's why I say the curiosity, because I know they're going to put on a great match. It's going to be the end. How they do the end of that match is yeah. going to, into your, it's going to really shape how we see the bloodline go, moving forward, mm-hmm. how they're going to handle it. Because like I alluded to earlier, I, I, anybody else holding two belts, I can't see it, but Roman because that's that's ingrained. I can't see as much as I love I love I love my guy Seth Rollins, love him. Even mm. I can't see him doing two belts, and, yeah. and, and and I love the guy. It, it just feels like if you give here, well, you need me, you need the crew of people to constantly be helping you defend them. Like you need a, a mass, like you need the bloodline. That's the yeah. only way that any of this ever makes sense. Roman's won most of his matches with help from the bloodline. So like mm-hmm. Seth just like out there on his own is impossible. None of these guys have that built-in thing. Yeah. We know that's the dirty secret of Roman's reign is that it's always been about Jay and Jimmy being alongside him first, Jay and Jimmy, then just Jay, they Jay and Jimmy and having Paul Heyman and then Solo coming in and then Sammy coming in. Like this has always been the part of Roman's entire title run. That's been the uh, the reason we can believe he could be this powerful. No other wrestler has that built into their story right now. Yeah, I I, I think to your point, if they to me if if they give Cody the raw belt, I'm fine because I kind of felt like the 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 heavyweight division has been held up because of the two belts, even the tag team division. Yeah. Because well, like you, because you're only essentially facing one person. So it's not like you're splitting them. It's not like how it is with, like, Bianca Belair or Charlotte, where, you're, you know, it's separate and you can have a pool of contenders. I, I think I'm just very curious in how they do it because if they if they go, because to me, the Jay Uso route, to me, feels the right route to go. It feels like any other route, like, they kind of have to get me there. But because mm. cause I feel like with Jay, I feel like if it's nobody else in there, I. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's no time left. We've got a smack. We've got two smackdowns in a row. Like, it's not happening. They don't have the storyline to pull off Cody winning. Doesn't mean he's not going to. They've done worse things in the past. But yeah. we will not be sitting here next, you know, a, you know, a, a week from this Sunday saying oh yeah it makes sense to cody won that's impossible if he wins it'll it will not make sense to us in some way shape or form so like that doesn't mean that they won't pull out you know something we can't see coming but i they they just don't have the storyline set and they've only got so many hours left to do it so if it's not bloodline interference sammy interference a little bit of both friggin seth coming out of nowhere i don't care who it is the rock showing up whatever you've got they're bringing it out. Like they've been telling me WrestleMania Hollywood, WrestleMania Hollywood. They've been pumping this up for years now. Like there's no, I have more been come more convinced in this conversation than I was before I entered it. That with this WrestleMania and Hollywood, everything else, the most dominant faction that we've seen in a long time that he, it's just going to be Cody one, two, three. Oh my God. Cody's a unified champion. There's no goddamn way. 
I will eat my own leather jacket if that's the case. You're to, you're to hear, folks. Leather jackets will be. Eaten. I'll boil it like I'm like I'm the uh, Washington crossing the Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you gonna do? I I guess I'm on the boat somehow. I guess. What are you doing on the boat? I I'm I'm at the stern somewhere. I'm just. <laughs> I, I'm I'm, I, I'm there for comic relief. I, I don't know. They just told I, me to come, I'm not sure. I'm not. They, I was just told to come on board and <laughs> and we're crossing we're crossing a river and I'm like okay yeah exactly. like, I, I heard there was gonna be snacks so I'll definitely on board. <laughs> oh. Boiled and, leather. Boiled leather. Can I get that? Can I get that? Uh, extra leather. Oh, great, thanks. Um, sticking sticking with championships, I, I do want to talk about. I do want to talk about. I alluded to John Cena and him and, and Austin theory. I feel that this, I felt like the only opponent for Austin theory had to be John Cena yeah. because, because when you look at who he, whose theory has beaten, I, I, I kind of felt like you bring back John, you bring back argue, arguably a guy and listen, I'd also say this before I jump in. Listen, the thugonomist thing, it took me a while to get on board. I tell people that. It took me a it while. It took a lot of people. It took a lot of people. I mean, that's kind of the, it's known. You know, it's known that he was not, people weren't loving his bullshit early on. That's why, that's why him fighting Theory at this point in Theory's career makes sense, right? I mean, he is the John Cena prototype. And it's like, it's, it's perfect. I, I, first of all, give, anytime we get to see John Cena, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. That man coming back every year and making sure he shows up for the fans is just like, God, what a friggin' specimen of a person. We love yeah. to see it. We love ourselves, John Cena. Um, and him seeing something, I mean, listen, the guy will come back and try to help people get over. Like, we know that about him. Like, he's he's amazing with it. Um, but Theory really deserves it. He does. Like, I, you know, if they're going to have young superstars, the, the WWE is old right now. It's old. Yeah. Like, a lot of the guys... Even the younger guys are in their mid thirties. You know what I mean? Like, we're this is not a young business right now, and they need somebody like Theory to work. Like, they really need him to work. Um, you know, outside of Dom and like some of the women, like there's there's just like not a a dearth of like young talent that look like they might be able to do something with. And this guy's like, you know, I, I love Dominic Mysterio, but like he's just not the wrestler that Theory is. So. I love that John Cena is doing this. I love that he's doing his like usual, like you want to be me, but you can't be me because you don't have the heart. I buy into it every fucking time. Every time he goes there, I buy into it. We all do like that's yeah. his thing. That's what he does. And theory having that like little tiny look of hurt in his eyes when he hears it and all that stuff. It's gold. It's friggin' gold. You know, it's amazing. Especially when Cena came out and did that promo, <laughs> you could tell it's like, my goodness, this, I was already sold on the match. Like, yeah. okay, we're, we're, we're going to get it. Yeah, yeah, listen, like, it. But I tell people, listen, I was already sold. But after that little tete-a-tete in the ring, I'm like, listen, how could you not? Because for what it's worth, I feel that now this is the direction that theory should have gone from the first place and not been given that briefcase because – at some point, he will be a world champion, but we're yeah. talking we're talking with the think long term. I think you give him a belt as prestigious as the U.S. championship, a belt that Cena are one of the best United States champions of all time. You can you can make a case yeah. the best U.S. champion. 
Yeah. You, you give him that match. And Theory goes over on Cena. My goodness. Mm. Do you strap a rocket to, to Austin Theory? Yeah. And it's just not a matter of if anymore. We're just picturing the win. Because why? Because it's John Cena. And to your point, you mentioned, you, you were up a very good point. The whole thugonomics thing, nobody was really getting into it. Like, like nobody really got into theory. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's so many parallels. And I'm not, I'm, we can say that maybe, I'm not saying theory is the next Cena. But what I will say is this, that theory has it. And everybody, everybody in the room could see it. No matter what sport it is, you can know which players have it. In wrestling, you know who has it. Austin Theory has it. And him facing John Cena, and if he goes over on you, which I think will happen, I'm not going to predict it yet. There, there's still time I could I could still wiggle out of it. I I can see Theory beating Cena because Cena putting over Theory. Yeah. And just and just strap the rocket and and it, it's it start. It's the only thing I can think of. It's just, I'll just be curious to see where they go from there. But all I know is that Theory will have solidified himself. And then now we know for sure that that guy someday is going to be a world champion. Yeah. I mean, they're building in, like, they're building and building. You know, Montez Ford is coming up. Like, he's going to be, you know, riding solo and doing, you know, his thing. Um, and they obviously had a match and they're building that. They're like a pretty cool, like, duo there um montez ford is also a guy who like has like just superstar potential like he's got crazy charisma and crazy athleticism and like the stuff that everybody kind of can't believe is all in one person as well so like there's a few options there for him to like work with if he is to you know keep the belt and and beat cena which is you know that's likely we, cena doesn't need a belt you know so what is he gonna yeah. do with it he's got he's got movies to shoot he's not gonna have a belt you know right so um so yeah i like i i love i i look forward to that i, I look forward to them giving us john cena at wrestlemania like anytime we can get that that's like a huge deal um you know last year we had the match with stone cold and you know got like the surprise of our lives when he like fought a match you know it's like there's all these you know little things that come up that you know you got it you got a fan service a little bit um but this is in like this is in service of really like putting over um somebody who can help like move forward storylines and move forward the belts and really have a legacy so that's gonna be cool to see it's always fun to watch a bunch of people get stunned but i'm also really looking forward to seeing um to seeing hopefully Austin Theory have like a star moment because he hasn't quite had that yet and WrestleMania in Hollywood seems like the perfect place to do it for him specifically so I I'm really looking forward to that match um you know John John's a good wrestler still you know like he can still do what he needs to do um but it's on it's going to be on theory to really sell it and really bring the heat to that and um and elevate john in a lot of ways because he's the young guy and um our guy our guy john's getting up there you know our boy our boy john cena he he's not he he's just not what he used to be he's not a regular wrestler you know Mm -hmm. so um he's got a lot that he can do and it's I, i always watch what he's doing in matches with his body 
and how he's helping sell not only sell the moves but like you know you're always watching how is he assisting how is he making this move better how is he how is this like moveset improved because he has a guy that's like really working on it. and he's still so young which means he's going to get better yeah. you know and that's what's it's just cool to have a guy like that that you're watching like there's some guys who like are just technically so sick at this point and so legendary that you're like i don't even you know it's like i don't even like notice some of the shit that like ray mysterio does anymore or some of the shit that like you know when aj styles is healthy and these guys who just do crazy things that are older like i don't even notice how sick they are anymore because i don't need to pick them apart but i like looking at the younger guys and seeing what they're doing mm -hmm. that's separating them in the ring like we love a promo we love a cool character we love cool outfits we like good entrance music but i also really like a good pro in-ring product yeah um and we we don't talk about that always because that's not what always wwe is about we just started being able being able to use the word wrestling recently yeah. so like you know <laughs> uh yeah so i'm really pumped about that i uh i don't know i don't know what's going to go on from there but i'm really psyched to see it happen and um and i'm also psyched that we're actually going to get um women's title matches that don't include ronda rousey yeah it's, that's that that's the dumb that's the if i needed a shot for the that's the one <laughs> but uh, to your point I, we're gonna i think We'll hit on those and then hit on Rollins and then be out of here. I do want to talk about these these women's tag team matches. Like we're we're getting a tag team match, and we're getting we're we're getting three matches here. And to, to me, I feel like what we're getting out of out of you know and, and like like I gotta mention Becky Lynch. I it's mm. it's, it's part of my contract and. Uh, if I don't, then I had I'll, I'll I'll dub it in, you know. With you know, you have Becky and you have Trish. You have Lita versus Damage Control, mm -hmm. which to me, or the I think we what we're looking at there, to me, it's so cool to watch because I grew up. I was a bigger fan of Lita, and I get yeah. I was a bigger fan of Lita. People like, oh, what about Trish? I'm not saying Trish is terrible. It's just that when I watch Lita, it's like I, I, I felt like there was a connection. And, yeah. and it's so cool. To, and we're, we're in 2023, and we're talking about Lita being a champion. It's like, it's like folks, you can't, there's some of this stuff you just can't write. Like, you, yeah. can try, you can try to write it. It could be cool, but to see her in there is cool. And, what, and, and then I, I want to go to this, to my rant. You know, once again in the contract, um, with what we're going to get Bianca versus uh Oscar and Charlotte versus Rhea. Now, to be clear, I think both matches are going to be fantastic. Uh, yeah. I'll put I tell people, let's be clear. And, and 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 I've come down off this horse a little bit, but I'm I still have a leg on the horse, so I'll, I'll so I'll say this I felt like they had the right two contenders and Oscar and Rhea. I just personally felt you could have swapped it and got something different. It's something to me huh. better. To me, and, and I explained this because when I look at Bianca and Rhea, now when Bian Rhea was supposed to face Bianca at Money in the Bank, I believe two years yeah, ago. Yeah, two years ago, yeah. And then unfortunately, Rhea was hurt and 
and I think they had Carmella come in. You know, she's, you know, she she came in off the bench. Face, yeah, 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 and and you know, put on a good match. And I just feel that like that would have been interesting to see because I can see Rhea being the one to dethrone Bianca. To me, that was in my mind because I said if Rhea beats Bianca, I'm okay with it. And I love Bianca. For goodness sakes, I'm wearing the shirt. So I love Bianca. But if there was going to be anybody to take the belt off of her, I just felt like with Rhea, I think what we saw glimpses of Rhea shining because she's the star of the Judgment Day. You're not watching Judgment Day yeah, for, yeah, of for, for yeah. Damon Priest or Finn no. Balor. And, yeah. and listen, if you watch for Dominic Mysterio, great. Um, I mean, if you watch for Dominic, it's because you're watching for Rhea and you're watching for Ray. It's not Dom. Dom's fine. I'm proud of the dude. He's doing his yeah. best. That's fine. But like, it's not, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. I I see it a little bit opposite from you, but not. I, it's not because I disagree with your point. I think that Rhea, um, first of all, you know, it's a rematch with Charlotte, right? Yeah. Like, we, you know, we get that rematch, and it sort of gives us that opportunity to say, hey, you weren't ready three years ago. You are now, right? Yeah. Like, we love that. We, lo- we love to see it. Um, Rhea and Bianca are, like, if, you, if they were, like, you know, graduating classes, right? They're in the same class. They are... You know, Bianca's a little bit older than Rhea, but but they are they came into the to WWE around the same time together. You mm-hmm. know, kind of came up together in that Royal Rumble where they were like the last two there, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like we don't actually like Rhea doesn't Rhea needs to like have her moment against a horsewoman and like up in upset grab a belt and have her moment on her own. Um the way that Bianca did with Sasha, right? Like she needs to have that moment against a legend. And Bianca, we know is a, a an eventual legend, but she's still like, she's the, she's the, like the champ right now. She's the best women's wrestler that we have. Like she's the star of the show, but also her, the number two is Rhea. Putting them together is almost like devaluing the two matches by like, putting them up against each other and having them have to go to battle. We have, that is like, you can build to that now that they, you know, when they were originally going to wrestle, they were both still a lot younger and a lot less developed. Now you're now getting the opportunity to build them separately and march toward the meeting of the two, like sort of behemoths of the women's division and keeping them separate as long as possible until you have to do that. Having Rhea take a belt off of Charlotte, goddamn Flair, right? Having uh, Bianca go up again against Asuka, who is one of the like most important wrestlers that they have, has been a title holder, has held down the women's division when things have been tough, is like an incredible technician, totally different style, brings something different to Bianca's like repertoire, right? All of this stuff to me is just building them both up at the same time into like you got to separate those two to really bring the star power in each one of those matches and you know Asuka and Charlotte don't need any help with star power but they do need to help bring up the women who are going to be wrestling for the next 10 years because it's not going to be Asuka and it's not going to be Charlotte here in the next 10 years but it could still be Becca and Rhea and I like the idea that we're going to have that for years to come but right now while we still have Charlotte Flair you let Rhea take her on. 
And I think it's going to be pretty friggin' sick because I mean, we're pretty sure Rhea is going to win that match. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's great. She has her big WrestleMania moment. She takes down her, um, you know, her dragon and she slays the dragon. And, um, and on the other side, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Bianca, but she's held the title so long at this point that like, if she does lose it, it doesn't, it's no harm or foul foul to Bianca. You know, she, Bianca is untouchable, so it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, I, I, you know, to your point. Listen, I was, I had the one leg on the horse. I'll gladly step off the horse now, because you, you raise the point where, it's, it's long term. I, I, I do believe to, to your point, the next. I, I, I'd even venture on to say the next five years. Yeah. I, I, I even like the decade. I, I agree. To, to me, when I do look at Bianca. And I do look at Rhea. Like they're they're champions. Like they've been champions, and they're still. And you know, to me, with with Bianca and Oscar, the way they've had to kind of, they've kind of had to build it in such a way to and to 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 give the audience a sense of like, and that's why you saw the change with Oscar after the Royal Rumble. You saw she went back to an old persona she had. Yeah. Yeah. And, and brought it back, and I'm like, now nah, I, okay, like e- even then I'm like, okay, I was still on the horse, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm slowly getting yeah. off. And then, but they I, nailed I guess, it with Oscar at the Royal Rumble. That's that's how it really put me over on it. I was that's that's what sold me on Oscar in this new form. Yeah. And I think when they did that, and I'm like, oh, I've seen that before, America. And I'm yeah. like, okay, you, you got me. And I'm like, and then the stuff I see on Raw, and I'm like. To me, people feel like it always has to be like face heel. It doesn't always have to be that way, in my opinion. You can have a face. Like we've seen it in, in other WrestleMania matches where you have a face versus a face, but you have to make it work. Mm-hmm. Just like I, I think like an example that just hits my head was like Shawn Michaels versus Danny Jacob. Yeah. Like to me, both to me in the eyes of the audience at that time, they were faces. And I'm like it works. Like even when I look at Charlotte and and Rhea, like the role like is juxtaposed, but I think Rhea is over to the yeah. point where like I don't see her as a heel. I think sometimes we, we, we slap labels on things. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we have this proclivity to go, oh well, it has to be face and heel. Like, no, it she's an it, antagonist, but she's not necessarily a heel, right? right. And it's, it's always about who the bigger heel is. And the fact of the matter is Charlotte's the number one. She's the number yeah. one heel. So, you know, it doesn't matter that it doesn't matter that she's an antagonist and she's been helping beat up, you know, Rey Mysterio's family at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, she is the uh she is this like badass, like take no prisoners kind of I like I lead a team of men into battle type chick and Charlotte just came back and is doing her like classic Charlotte. I'm the man bullshit, you know, which we love. I love to see it. Like you got to do it. That's what she does. She's Rick. She's Rick Flair. She is. She's got that attitude. She's Charlotte Flair. She has to have it. And it's time that she be knocked down a peg by our girl. That's yeah. That's a, to me is the way you sell somebody. It's not Rhea doesn't have to be even become face. She doesn't have to pull anything. She doesn't have to be cool and likable or do anything, whatever we like her as she is that 
being a badass anti-hero is still a you know an anti-hero like we're still we go to yeah. the movies all the time to watch guys like this yeah. right so why not her and i like that they're doing that with the women's division i like that um that some of these women are getting to be a little bit more three-dimensional that they're it's not just either a hair puller or a badass or like a sweetheart right like it there's a lot more in between you know asuka is a lot more in between than that she's always going to be faced because she's asuka and we love her but she's not necessary she's not bianca right yeah. and bianca is not live and li like these people are very different from each other and like the way becky is faced versus the way bianca is faced is very different i i love i love that they are allowed to do that in the women's division now and have been for a while shouts to lita and trish stratus for like being the kinds of wrestlers that like helped to like revolutionize what we see that it is going to be really cool to see them wrestle for that reason because I mean, you just spoke about it. Like Trish and Lita were so different, um, it, you know. So it, it was so amazing. And I'll say this point before we talk about Seth. You know, they, I watched the A and E the the documentary with with Lita and, and Trish, and, and I watched it because a I grew up watching it. Yeah, like, watching those two, and, and in retrospect, that and 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 they said it in the piece. It's like if that doesn't work, we may not get what we see today. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they main evented Raw at a time where The Rock, Austin, Taker, like, if you weren't, like, those, that's who you expect to be slotted in. But they were given, and they had to get it right. Because mm -hmm. if you get it wrong, there's no second, there's no plan B, there's no yeah. backup plan. They had to get it right. And they set the tone, I feel, for what we see today in the division where we're seeing women main eventing pay-per-views like it's absolutely like people like, and then like when you see like Bianca and you saw what Becky and you know what the, you saw at WrestleMania, main eventing WrestleMania. It's, and that to me, that match is more about helping that division in a division to your to a point you alluded to, we're looking five, ten years down the road, and what we're going to see and how it's going to be shaped. Yeah, and I think we have to come to a realization. Like the reality is, is that to me, I look at the four horsewomen. Well, now, well, if you want to, well, with Sasha, if you want, I believe they shaped this division for for a decade and a half. They they shaped the way this division is. Yeah, and and I tell people think about it's just kind of like when you look at like the slipping of slipping a, a uh, NFL, like we were so you know acquiescent with seeing Brady and Manning, and you know we were like okay they're always going to be an AFC Championship game they're going to be in a Super Bowl, but when they stepped away from the game, it handed the reins over to the younger generation, and I think what we're seeing in wrestling now, you're seeing Trish, you're seeing Lita, you're seeing even Charlotte. And Oscar, you're seeing like this is the future, yeah. and then you, you have so much talent at NXT where it's it, it, it's it's an it's it's riches, it's yeah. like, and you and the job is just to mold it to be something, and, and like I said, I I've always been Lita, like you know when she came back at her we can like that whole Edge thing that's oh yeah, that's 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 an A and E biography about me talking about that but. <laughs> But but I do want to get out of here 
talking about, you know, uh, I do want to talk about Seth and Logan. And I'm just going to say this. Like, I, I, you know, people like over patting Seth on the back, and we should. When you put Seth Rollins into a match, to me, it makes that match better. To me, Seth has been used as the type of guy that they go to and go, hey, Seth, can you put over such and such? Mm-hmm. And he, he did that with, and, and, we, and we talked about it with Cody Rhodes. Where He's the reason thought, Cody Rhodes works. He's exactly. the reason he worked. Exactly. And we, we yeah. try to people explain that. Oh, well, he lost three times. You're, you're, don't focus on the losses. No. Focus no. on Seth had one job, and that was to put over Cody, not only on the mic, but he definitely put him over in the ring. And, and you and had I to think, make sure that he was going to work in the WWE, and they entrusted it to Seth Rollins, who is the guy you entrust with everything. Yeah. It's like in Seth, we trust. Like, even with fashion, mm-hmm. like in Seth, we trust. Absolutely. And and now we're getting Logan Paul, who I like. Who, like, I, I'm not, I'm not anti-Logan Paul. It's, to me, the way that they're kind of doing this whole thing with Logan. It's like, well, obviously, he's getting the heat. Like, listen, you don't, Logan, he, like, the stuff they're doing now, like, listen, people didn't like Logan in the first place. Like, yeah. And, and like, all you, all, all you had to do was just put a little bit more gasoline on it and you get what we get. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, I see a scenario, I'm curious to get your thoughts. To me, I'm really split. I, I, to me, the way I feel about this match is the way I feel about Bianca and Asuka because I can't really tell you which way it's going to go. A part of me feels that they could easily have Seth win. Mm. And then a part of me says, well, they could have Logan win and maybe push him towards something, toward another big match at SummerSlam. So, yeah, I don't, I, you know, I don't got the thing is the stakes. This is the problem with a match like that. It's not nothing against Logan Paul. Um, the stakes are almost nothing, right? Like, it does nothing for Seth to win. Like, what does that matter? He beat Logan Paul. Like, Logan Paul wrestles yeah. a couple times a year. He comes in for a big pay-per-view. He does, you know, he jumps, he flips. He does a move you didn't know he could do. And then he pieces out for a few months. So what does that do for for, for Seth Rollins? Nothing. And you know, as a, as a number one Seth Rollins fan, to me, it's just a, it's, it's a waste. Like, we don't need to put R- Logan over... This isn't a like Logan is a very specific, very unique thing for wrestling for for wrestling in WWE. He is a gimmick that works for sure. He is an athlete. It's, and none of it is like that. He's not a good enough wrestler. But this is not a thing people do. Like obviously the ratings are working, and I and so bring him back, do whatever. I get it. Like I like having this like looming annoying little gnat in the back where you're like okay not only is he going to come in and challenge me but he actually could beat me fine but it does nothing for seth and it does very little for logan unless he really wants to like be a full-time wwe wrestler i i it's like okay so you come in you win a wrestlemania match like great now you have wrestlemania match on your on your resume and then what do you and then you can maybe fight some like maybe you'll get a a boxing match with uh tyson fury and then maybe i i don't know why i'm supposed to care that's my pro i think that's what i have a truck i have trouble with because 
I think the match will be fun and cool. I yeah. I like watching Seth, you know, g- keep getting knocked out by this little idiot, and then he's going to have to come out and be all huffy and puffy. I love hearing the chant. Like, there's nothing going to be wrong with it. It's going to be entertaining. And sometimes you just need those mid-card entertainment matches. I'm down. I just wish that there were stakes beyond, like, Seth keeps getting knocked out by this kid who's a middling boxer. I don't know. I, I I don't know. And so that's all it is, is that just like, I, I still think that they're doing like a funny thing with some of these incredible wrestlers where, because the titles are so tied up and the bloodline has such a chokehold on the main storyline that like drew has disappeared into this you know, background. And like, it, Seth has been fighting meaningless matches for a while now. Like, and you've got some of these like all timers who are like on the back end of their primes, wasting their time in meaningless matches. Um, and I don't know. I mean, do you have a sense of what they could possibly do with Logan between now and SummerSlam that we would care about for the next four months? Or is it just going to be he pops right up at whatever happens in early July and then we see him at WrestleMania, at SummerSlam? Because it's like, that's what we've been doing. You know, that's what I, I feel that's what's exactly going to happen. Because to me, to your point, matches like Seth and Logan, I get it. But to me, to me, it doesn't matter. Like I said, that's why I said I, I'm, I'm kind of, because to me, it doesn't really matter. Why isn't like, this Montez Ford? Like, why isn't this like, if we're going to use Logan, right? If we're going to bring in like this superstar who everybody like, you know, he's yeah. so famous and he's like, He's bringing in ratings. He's bringing in new viewers. I'm fine with that. But why are we using him? It To me, you're letting Logan dictate who he wants to wrestle. And that's what's I, I don't understand. He gets to call. He gets to call up Roman. He gets to call up Seth. Like, these are the guys he gets to wrestle. Yeah. Uh, why? Why yeah. is that? Because I, I want to if I if you if you really want to sell me, let me watch Montez Ford alone in a match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Let me watch, you know, like. Uh, whoever you got, let him beat the shit out of Dominic Mysterio. Let him do, I, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm just throwing shit at the wall. Yeah. But, like, I don't need, I don't need, why is he getting premier, Hall of Fame, all-time talent every time he shows up? Because he's wasting my time. That, that's the issue. Tanya, that, that, that's the exact issue where I don't think people are pissed that Logan's fighting in these things. It's who yeah. he's fighting. Yeah. It's it's the quality who he's fighting. This guy is fighting first ballot Hall of Famers. He's yeah. not fighting the B squad. You know, he's not fighting no up and co- he's fighting. He challenged Roman Reigns, you know, for for the championship. Like, and we're, we're looking around. You're looking at his resume, like. Why? And it, it meant nothing. We don't even think about that match. It literally meant exactly nothing. And exactly. this one's going to mean nothing and so what are we doing use logan paul's star power for someone who needs it because it's not seth rollins like and he's not a good enough wrestler to have a meaningful match with seth rollins like it'll be cool that's fine he can sell the moves i'm not saying he's not good but this is not like it so that's what i have like if we're gonna use logan paul for his star power give him somebody to boost up yeah that's 
that's the problem. Yeah. There's plenty of wrestlers who are good enough to carry Logan through a match. Yeah. It's plenty. And to me, and it, and it ties me into this point, and then we'll and then we'll touch on one thing and get out of here. To me, I, I look at the Brock Lesnar and Omos match in that mm. regard. I look at it as where like people did a we gotta remember this is Omos's second WrestleMania. And and I didn't understand it the first time when he fought Bobby Lashley. I didn't mm. understand it then. I could go back and watch it, and I'm like, it was a match. And to me, like the only thing this match is about is about if Brock Lesnar can give an F5 to Omos. That's what this whole match is about. It's right. not about putting over Omos. You could put over Omos with that, with some vile, hey, that's cool, that's great. But like I said, I talked to my cousin, and I told her, to me, the problem with Omos is that I think we've tried. We've been at this. We've we've been at this a little too long. It's kind. Yeah, it's we kind want of, a giant. We want a giant to work so bad. I, and I understand. You want your like Andre the Giant in there. You want like a, you know, whatever. And the reality is there there isn't one. It's Brock. Like it is Brock. You know, yeah. like that, that is your giant. Like it's exactly. not. Yes, he's not seven feet tall, and you know whatever else. But like that. You can keep having Brock fight these guys. They're still not going to be Brock, you know? And, like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, exactly. I'll just say this before we put him. To me, like I told my cut, to me, it just feels like I don't get it. I understand you want to push him. You want to make it work. To me, it's like you want somebody. It's like a a player. You're like a quarterback. You want him to be great. You want to be fantastic. But the reality is, hey, some people have it. Some people don't. And when I look at Omos, I just go that if you're selling me, well, he's tall, he's great. That's that's not enough. Yeah. Like 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 the, the the only ones that to me throughout time that's worked, like even with the Big Show, I was kind of like this, like because mm-hmm. in terms of booking, like when they had the giant Kali, that no, it never, it just doesn't really it, it, work. It, it, yeah, it doesn't like it, it, it's, it, it's like ever since Andre the Giant, they've been looking for another Andre the Giant. There isn't yeah. one; they don't exist. I mean, like you, sometimes you get lucky and you get a dude like the Undertaker who's friggin' huge. Yeah. Um, but like, not not what you're like, not the big old lumbering. I'm going first of all. They're not even willing to commit to letting a giant be unstoppable. They can't. Yeah. They don't have the t- the the storyline for it, and that's the thing. You want to make Omos unstoppable, the kind of dude who throws people through, like like into the seventh row of the crowd. You want him. You want him to be menacing and terrifying. You better be. You better be ready to commit to that storyline and have him go unbeaten. You can't have this guy lose matches. What, like, it, ever? That's how it, you do that. Like that's how they got away with it back in the day. And like, yeah. by the way, Hulk Hogan was six foot eight. Like, like, you need a ma- so whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, not I, gonna I, work. Oh, props to Omos. He's gotten better. He's not like he's still getting, but like, I, I'm happy for him. I never hate when I see like, you know, dudes trying something and seeing what works and getting a chance. Um, but yeah, like, I just want. It's like so funny. It's like, bro, if you're gonna throw, if you're gonna throw Brock in there, just give him Bobby Lashley again. I want to watch those dudes like. Just go, go every yeah, time. Just give me. I'll just take it every time. I, that's what we want. Exactly. And I'm sitting there going, if you're going to give me this, <laughs> I tell people this. Sometimes, listen, they always say in Hollywood there's no ideas. Like, we're running out of ideas. Well, yeah. listen, that may be true. Listen, wrestling, oh, we'll, oh, just do remakes. Listen, 
Just just yeah. run. Just run back Lesnar and Lashley because run it end, back. Just run it back because what's Lashley doing facing Bray? What so what, what are we doing? I love I I love Bobby Lashley too. I love him so much. He's been so awesome this year. Like like uh so what I mean we don't have enough time. It's time to go, but yeah. I do want to say that Bray Wyatt uh, can I'm done. Ladarius, I'm done. I'm so tired. I don't care. I do not I do not care. Do not waste my time with another long entrance. I am done. Fast forward. I will pause the live feed so I don't have to watch it. I don't care about Uncle Howdy. I'm so tired. Please let me go. Release me from this grasp. Oh, I was going to, you know what? I was going to ask you, what'd you think about that pitch, that Mountain Dew pitch black match? I was going well, to ask I you. love LA Knight. I freaking love LA Knight. Yeah. I don't think you understand how much I love LA Knight. I think he's so perfect and over the top and outrageous and funny. So like, I just want LA Knight, like leave, Leave Bray Wyatt out of it. Give me figure out a way to give me more LA. Yeah, it's oh man. To me, the only image I could just see is just with Uncle Howdy. First of all, missed the mark. If, I if, can't. If, 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 we're, if we're talking like this is the equivalent of, of missing a field goal wide right or left. Like he didn't even he jumped off the thing, and you can see if 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 you watch it, he didn't even hit LA Knight. Like he went no. through. It's like, and like no, I you say, know what? Bray doesn't even wrestle anymore. All he does is like, like if he wants to make like horror movie content for the WWE, let him. But like, stop yeah. convincing me he's a wrestler. He's not. I'm yeah. good. I'm sick of the scratchy voice. I'm done. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, I'll, I'll cancel. I gotta cancel my uh, Bray he's canceled. White. I, I gotta cancel that Bray White gift. I was gonna get you. I'll cancel. I'll, 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 <laughs> oh I'll my get god. My- I'll cancel. Uh, can we get somebody? Yeah. My uncle Howdy mask. Yeah. Can, can we cancel that? But she said, "Listen, I, no, I, I don't know. We'll we'll figure in the meeting." But yeah. I, I do want to. I, I want to get out of here, and talk about you on TikTok because I follow mm-hmm. you there on the on the TikTok there. Such primo when we're talking classic stuff. Classic. It's like basically everything that used to be on my uh, on my podcast, but I like talk about little snippets of it on TikTok and occasionally go viral for doing sarcastic shit. So, you know, it's like it works. I got to tell you, I, I, making a, a sarcastic video in my pajamas and having it get like almost three million views is it's pretty funny. I, you know, I got to be honest, that's that's how it always goes, right? When you're like barely trying, and then yeah. all of a sudden you go nuts. Yeah. You're like, oh, you're putting, you're you're putting in maybe seventy five percent at the most. Like you're, yeah. you're not. Oh, I was like, I was like, oh, like I'm sick of this trend. I'm gonna make fun of it. I wake up the next day and I'm like, Oop, okay. <laughs> so this is this is how it happens. Got it. Virality. You can. It's uncontrolled. But I do actually do a lot of like, just chatting about sports on TikTok too. Like, uh. The podcast is on hiatus. I have to like work on the production value of it and like get it up to snuff. And it's so much work with my job and everything else. So I've tried to transfer that into shorter snippets on TikTok and little opportunities to um, engage with people that way while I like bring back the podcast so people can get used to my content on there. And so it's actually been doing really, really well between that and Instagram. It seems to be going pretty well. People are enjoying it. Um, and it gives me a chance to have like a little bit more flexibility with 
a full-time job and then also like creating content and then all, like it's like i i i the idea you think that it was it's going to be so easy it's like just do a podcast make content make sure you're staying on top of social stay on twitter and also have a full-time job where you're also doing sports and it's just like yeah. it becomes untenable like something's got to give but um so right now i just kind of have to focus on the thing that's getting the most attention and views for me and that's tiktok like yeah. you know as well as i do podcasts can be really hard to get people yeah. to actually like tune into and i love my listenership but like i'm just right now it's just working better on social media so if you listen to almost shameless and you're waiting for it to come back in the meantime go to my TikTok and my instagram and follow me there and we can do sports stuff over there too yeah so and like i said i i've had the pleasure of being on your of uh, being on your show and, and let me tell you what the experience there is pretty much the same experience you get on TikTok, and it's 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 just phenomenal stuff. And, and I always tell people, you know, you know, there, there, there's there's a whole lot of things you could a lot of TikTokers doing every whatever. But what what makes your stuff so great? I'll say this before we get out of here. What makes your stuff so great is that it's it's sports, but you're also able to intersect other things. Which is why one of the reasons why I, I need to show sports in the world for that reason, because, you know, to me, I feel like it's one of the same as sports in the world. You can always make connections that way. And when I look at your stuff and, and I watch and I laugh, you go after trolls, it's, it, it makes my after after a long day of writing, like, you know, working 60, you know, I work odd hours and then I'm like, well, I have some downtime. I go into TikTok and I'm like, this is primo stuff and I absolutely enjoy it. Oh, thank and, you. That means so much to me. I appreciate that. And before we get out of here, uh, let all the amazing people know all the your handles where they can all where they can follow you and enjoy the content like I do. Yeah, it's at Tanya Ray Fox um, on Instagram, uh, TikTok, and Twitter. Um, you just search Tanya Ray Fox, and I pop up. It's very easy to find me. And uh, I'm always doing I'm, I'm doing stuff mostly daily on all three of those platforms um, and archived episodes of Almost Shameless wherever you listen to podcasts. So if you're looking for old hot takes and want to call me out on something I was wrong on, you can go listen to that. Um, and, you know, that is also like, you know, just follow the feed. And eventually when you get new episodes, um, they'll come up and wherever you listen to podcasts. So go follow the podcast there, too. And in the meantime, we can talk about sports on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, whatever your preferred method is. I'll be there. You'll be there. You know, for an episode, listen to the episode with me on it. It's, it's great stuff. I'm, I, yeah, okay, of course. Listen to the Ladarius episode, of course. Yes. Yeah, li like, I, I, listen, all the other ones are, listen, primo stuff. Yeah. But listen, yeah, I'm just saying, it, you know, hey, if you check that out, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's not my job to push you in a direction, but if I did have like a broom, you might as well. I mean, listen, hey, we're on your podcast. It's yeah. it's your you gotta you gotta um, do some self promotion if you, if if nothing else. And then listen to this episode too, and listen to the other episode. You you she was on here as well. Listen, mm -hmm. so we're pushing you to our stuff, like you know, we're just using subtle brooms. Give us but, attention. Give us views, please. For yes. the love of God. Yeah. See that that's why she's able to hijack the show the way she did. Because listen, that's why she has the keys. She has the spare. She has. I gave her the original keys, and I have the spare keys. I don't know how that yeah. happened. I don't know how that happened, but it happened. But once again, Tanya, thank you so much for coming on. I love to have you back on again real soon. I appreciate it so yeah. much. Yeah, thank you so much, Ladarius, and we will talk soon. Let's talk after WrestleMania, okay? Absolutely. 
And right. folks, that's the episode of the Sports of the World podcast. Like, listen, subscribe to this episode and every, and every episode of the Sports of the World podcast, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast. And until you hear me again, I'm the Darius. Be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe from all this here from the Sports and the World podcast.